today we're going to look at a group of people that they loved the idea of following God, but when it came to the real thing, they didn't. So let me pray for us, and then I'm going to dive into some scripture. Gracious Lord, I thank you for today. I pray that you will speak boldly and confidently through me, your vessel. Lord, as it's been a hard week, (laughs) I haven't been a calm, consistent leader. I'm thankful that you are, Lord. And I pray that you will speak to us through your word. And may it be a mirror to our hearts. And that we will just then be all the more thankful about how faithful you are despite of our lives, Lord, and our unfaithfulness. So, Lord, thank you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible, could you please turn to Exodus 32? Huh? We're going deep. Pete, you ready? You know, I've been reading through the Bible in a year, so I feel like the Lord's just continually to give me things. And I'm not normally in Exodus. If, normally, if you're like Mike's up there, he's going to preach the sermon from Mark or whatever. But today, we're going to look at... Um, Exodus 32, 1 through 14, okay? Let me start by reading. If you can, you can stand uh, with me. It says this. When the people saw that Moses had delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who will go before us. Because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron replied to them, take off the gold rings that, you're, that are on your ears, on the, sorry, on the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that, they, that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, fashioned it in the image, fashioned it with an engraving tool and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of it and made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning, they arose, offered burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. The Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once, interpreted, get your people together. For your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have turned from the way I commanded them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord also said to Moses, I have seen this People, and they are indeed a stiff necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them and I can destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians say he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains? And eliminate them from the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce anger and relent concerning this disaster planned for your people. 
Remember your servant Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You have sworn to them by yourself and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and will give your offspring all this land and I will pro- that I have promised and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he had said he would bring on his people. You may be seated. This scripture is really broken up into three sections that I want to look at. First, our sin, <laughs> our sinfulness, Israel's sinfulness. Then it leads to the sections, second section, which is God's wrath, right? Which then leads to the third section, our need for an intercessor or our need for a savior, okay? And... Um, so to give you a little bit of context of what's happening here, Israel is at um, Mount Sinai. They've been there. Uh, Moses has gone up there for 40 days, roughly, uh, and they were starting to wonder what's going on, right? They are a forgetful people, <laughs> like I am so often. And to give you even more context going back, God had brought them out of enslavement in Egypt, And then they were giving a couple things. They were given his visual presence, right? Like Amari, our daughter, will cry at night saying, I just want Jesus to come out of my heart so I can see him and know how tall he is and give him a hug, right? That's sweet, right? Well, Israel got to literally, there's a cloud leading them. I don't know if it's a cloud with an arrow saying go this way. I don't know if it's a cloud, what kind of cloud uh, it was, but it was a cloud and they knew God's presence was there and it was in front of them as a symbol that he had led them out and was leading them the way they should go. Because immediately when they left Egypt, they wanted to go one way and God said, no, you're going this way, right out the gate. It's almost like me opening the garage door For that puppy, I'm trying to go left. It's going right. You know what I'm saying? And then at night, he led them by fire. So they got to see his presence. To me, there should be no doubt, right? I don't think there should be doubt because of the ten plagues. I don't think there should be doubt because he's before them in the morning and in the night. On top of that, they were carrying with them Joseph's bones, which was a promise of like, (laughs) like God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And they carrying those with them at all times. So I don't know where the doubt is. He was providing food for them morning and night. You know, he was providing water. He was providing everything that they needed on this journey. And then suddenly, there was a delay of Moses coming down the mountain. And something about us as people, especially here, I don't know about the rest of the world, but here, you know, fast equates to us is favor, right? Us not having to wait is considered a blessing versus, no, God sometimes asks us to wait and wait in a posture of patience, right? Patiently wait. Don't impatiently wait like you're at a red light, but patiently wait. 
So he's doing all these things, all, all for them, and they're at the mountain. And this is what it says earlier in the scripture about Mount Sinai. You, again, you would think, how do they doubt? It says in uh, Exodus 19.9, The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear when I speak with you and will always believe you. Moses reported the people's words to the Lord, and the Lord told Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. They must wash their clothes and be prepared by the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put boundaries for the people all around the mountain and say, Be careful that you don't go up the mountain or touch its base. Anyone who touches the mountain must be put to death. So it's no joking matter, right? No hand may touch him. Instead, he will be stoned or shot with arrows and not live. So the person that touches the mountain suddenly can't be touched by anybody. So that was... And it didn't matter if it was an animal or a human. And then it said, when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they may go up the mountain. Sounds like today. We're waiting on those horns (laughs) to sound, right? So oftentimes, again... We think fast means favor. So they're sitting there waiting. And they're waiting. They've stopped waiting on the Lord, and they're waiting on Moses. Their eyes are already off what they need to have their eyes on. The Lord. The Lord. Anytime we put our faith in a person other than Jesus, it's going to be a big disappointment. And it's going to start this spiral, this cycle that we're going to talk about that life gets out of control real quick. And there's many people that are leaving the faith currently. I think sometimes, because, well, a lot of the time because they put their faith in a person, not in Jesus. So they convince Aaron. And the thing about Aaron, Aaron was Moses' right-hand man. He spoke the very words of God to the people. Right? Which to me is a warning to me and to anyone else that we're all real close to doing the same thing. Right? And they get him. He's like, okay, they want him to make gods for us. Because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, again, eyes not focused. We don't know what's happened to him. And he says, take off your gold rings that are on your ears, on the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So that all the people took off the gold rings that were on the ears and brought them to Aaron. And he took the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into the image of a calf. Man. Then he said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up out of Egypt. Man, there's something significant that all the people brought the gold rings to him. You know where those gold rings came from? Egypt. God had told them, I'm going to give you favor with the Egyptians. Take these rings, the gold, and and take it with you. It was a sign of God's deliverance. And then they were going to turn it into a sign of their enslavement. To me, that is just mind-boggling. How often do we worship the gift and not the giver? 
So quickly we do these things. And then they fashion it into the image of a calf. I don't know how to pronounce the word, but it's A-N-I-S, so we'll say Anis, which was the chief deity of the Egyptians. They want to go back and worship the God of the people that had held them in bondage. Man, it, right here you already see what is said in Romans 1, 21 through 25, where it says, For they... For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, thinking, their thinking became worthless, and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Skip down a little bit. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what had been created instead of the creator who is, who is praised forever. Amen. And it's an easy thing for us to do. You know, many of you know I work for Young Life and um, I have to raise support. So it's easy for me to be like, okay, I'm going to go meet with this person and then I put all my hope in this person that they're going to give support. Right versus, hey, I'm just going to be faithful to sharing what we're doing and invite them to partner together to in this ministry. It doesn't mean that they, they have to or not. I'm just being faithful, and they're going to be faithful to what God's called them to do, right? But so often I'll put my hope, okay, man, if I meet with LeBron James or whomever, you know, I will, all my needs will be taken care of versus <laughs> the Lord taking care of all my needs and knowing it's him. And I'll give you a, a real example of how this happened. So we had a $15,000 match, and we had raised 10000 of it. And in the committee meeting, which is our board that some of people here are a part of, um, I was like, hey, I don't know where this 5000 is going to come from. I'm in my room. I have COVID, right? So I'm already like, Lord, take me, all those types of things. It was just bad. And, but I'm like, I don't know where it's going to, I don't know where this money's going to come from. Then the next day, I get a random call from a California number. So, you know, I did what everyone would do. They got a call from a California number. They decline it because it's like, I don't know anybody in California, right? So I declined this call. But the name popped up. I was like, I don't know who this is, but I will always research who calls me. And I call, I mean, I see this guy, okay? I think I, maybe I met him, but he lives in Dallas. So I call him, and he's like, hey. Oh, he left a message. I got some questions about Young Life. I'm like, okay. I didn't know what that meant. But I'll call him back. And he's like, hey, just want you to know my wife met your wife. You don't know us, but she believed in what? Uh, y'all do, and so we're going to send you a check for $5,000. I have never talked to this person ever, right? But you know what I said the next day? I raised this money, and I was like, it turned quick. So quick how we take credit, how we put this emphasis on us versus I was literally in my room sweating through everything, talking to no one. I get a random call, 
and God provides, and then I have the audacity to try to take credit for it. You know, and I want to know how, how many of us have taken the audacity of t- trying to take credit for the things that only God could do. <laughs> and, and that's what they're doing. They're trying to make a God for themselves and declaring that they, you know, it brought them out of Egypt. I think of the, um, there's the Caesar commercials you see, you see you, you, for the Caesar uh, casinos, and there's the commercial, they say, we are all Caesars. We try to live that way. We, are, we try to be like we're all gods. Man, and then on top of that, Aaron builds an altar. And on top of that, they worship there. They were worshiping a lie. Man, they liked the idea of God, but they wanted to create their own God and thus make themselves God. To me, I, it's so sad and disappointing in my own heart how many times I do that myself. Man, look at me, look at me, look at me. Everything in this world says get people to look at you. Versus deflecting to the Lord. Everything. And so, so this is, that's scene one. Scene two, Moses is up on Mount Sinai with God. God has just given him the Ten Commandments. He's holding these stones, right, tablets. And these aren't like the ones on 79th and Township, if you've seen those, where the guy's got them in his front yard. Um, the Ten Commandments. He's holding, I'm sure they weigh a lot. They have, the, ten, the commandments have been written by the finger of God. <laughs> it says in 31.18, when he finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. So Moses is living the dream right now, right? <laughs> He's, God has given him the, 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 something that he's handwritten for his people. And then I know that God knows everything, but I know Moses didn't. I envision he's standing there, he's smiling, and I know that God didn't get a call saying, guess what your people are doing. He already knew, but he tells them, the Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once again. Get your people together. For your people... You brought up from the land of Egypt have acted correctly, not corruptly, not correctly, have acted corruptly. I think of this like sometimes as parents we be like, hey, you tell your spouse, hey, get your child together. You know, you ever did that? I know I'm not the one. Kristen, that's your daughter. You know, uh, whatever it may be. He's like, this has happened. And so I bet Moses is like, what happened? Well, Jesus says, they have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. I bet you, I don't know. I'd be like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> they have made for themselves an image of a calf. Oh, okay, okay. You know, what, what are you going to say to God in that scenario? Then they have bowed down to worship it. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Not only that. They have sacrificed to it. 
<laughs> By then, I bet you them stones were weighing like, you know, like, <laughs> wait till I get down there, right? You know, that's what he's thinking, maybe. And then it says, and Israel, and they've said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. <laughs> it can't get any worse, it doesn't seem. And I believe this is a sin pattern. This is the pattern of how it always works, right? We turn from our true God. We create another God. We bow down to it. We sacrifice and worship it, and then we follow it. And I wonder what are the things in our lives that we are bowing down to right now. Man, are there people that we've set up to worship? Is it a job? Is it an illusion of some life somewhere? Is it a status or a relationship? Now, some of these things aren't bad, but they can cause you to turn from God if they become your priority. Just like they did here. And the Lord said to, said to Moses, I have seen this people, and they are indeed stiff-necked. Mm. They are stiff-necked people. There's something about my puppy again. He, not he, she... I got to call her, you know, that could be why there's an issue. Um, she gets stiff-necked, and you can't move that dog, right? And it seems like they almost sound like Pharaoh themselves, who had hardened hearts that couldn't be moved but by an act of God, right? And God's anger burned against them. Man, we don't take our sin serious enough. I know we take our neighbor's sin serious enough, right? But we don't take our own sin. God wants to start with us. And it burns him, our sin. And because of that, he wants to destroy them. Man. Man. Just sit with that for a second. Know that the story doesn't end there, but sit with that for a second. We move past that real fast. Like, we treat our sin like a my bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I accidentally bumped into you, my bad. <laughs> Not like, no, there's serious repercussions of what has happened. So man's sinfulness leads to God's anger, which results in our need for a Savior. So here we go. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Man, Moses is the picture of Christ here for us. He's going to intercede on behalf of his people. Is he not? He knows there is an issue you know, I, I don't know if he's put down the, the Ten Commandments by now. It'd be like, they, they ain't going to follow these. They, they, they already, I hadn't even brought them down yet, and they're already not doing them. Right? They just, by nature, sin, which is what Scripture says about us. 
Moses is a picture of Christ. He intercedes. He reminds God of his promises to his people, which I think is a beautiful thing. And as a result of doing this, man, God's anger relented. He says in verse 13, remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by yourself and declared, I will make yourself as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give your offspring all this land that I have promised, and they will inherit it forever. Man, you ever gotten in an argument with someone or discussion, you remind them of what they said? Fortunately, God wants us to remind him. He hadn't forgotten, but he, it's like, do you know what I've said type of thing? And he does, and he says, so his anger relented. So what does this all mean for us? And for me, it brings me back to my puppy. I've realized I'm actually the puppy. You know? I'm the stiff-necked my hands literally hurt from being bit so much this week. I'm trying to eat things I shouldn't eat. I'm trying to go the opposite direction of the person that is trying to guide me. Right? I'm literally, our dog literally sprints one way while I'm holding. And it's like, you're not, you're not going where you think you go. Right? And he's like, and bounces back, it feels like. And I didn't do nothing. Just, I'm not letting go. Man. And I'm being called to turn back to the constant, calm, consistent leader who is Jesus Christ. Who loves us so much that he's not going to let go of that leash because he loves us and knows what can happen to us if we don't want to be off the chain, <laughs> right? We want to be, again, in that relationship, connected to him. And what it's supposed to be is this. The puppy is supposed to get to a place where it looks to the, the, the owner to, to guide them because they're in a trusting relationship, to guide them where they should go so they can have the most abundant life possible. Here's all your food, your water, you know. We can play here. We can hang out together, all those things. Because, again, that trust relationship has been built. And so I want to ask for us, you know, are we ready to turn back to the Lord? Are we ready to trust him? Stop going our own directions it seems like, oh, I would never do what Israel did. Well, we do it every day. But the great thing is that God desires that relationship with us. And he is willing. He doesn't let go. And he loves us and is willing to save us. If I summed up this, verse, this whole passage and this whole sermon in one verse, it would be Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we can accept him into our lives as that. Some of us maybe already have a relationship with him and we just need to turn back to him. 
look at him in the eyes and let him guide us instead of trying to guide ourselves. So with that, I want to close. But I want to give you an opportunity today. There, be, there might be some people in here that have not trusted the Lord with their lives ever. Jesus wants, God wants that relationship with you. And all he's asking, the first step is to turn back to him. Because he's never going to leave you. He's not far away. Right? And all we have to do is turn to him and admit where we are. Yeah, I did it. (laughs) You know? I set up this God to worship that was myself. I want to follow my own, do my own thing. But, Lord, please forgive me. And he will. And he will come into your life. And then maybe, again, we need to turn and repent and ask for forgiveness and re uh, just establish our relationship with him. So let me pray for us. And um, if that is something that you're interested in, giving your life to the Lord, or if you're interested in like, man, I've been go- trying to go my own way and life is just difficult because of that, Lord. And I need to turn back to the Lord. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so I can pray, pray for you. That is something that I can do if you would like to do today. Gracious Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for everyone being here. I pray that you, again, will... um, Move in our hearts. Reveal to us where we are. Do we know you as our personal Lord and Savior? If we do, if we do, have we been trying to go our own way? I pray that each one of us will do that evaluation. Give our lives to you, Lord. You're the only one that can guide us. You're the only one that we can trust. You're the only one that won't disappoint. You're the only one that stays with us, even though we're trying to go the other, all different types of directions. Lord, you love us, care for us that much. And so, Lord, I thank you for today. I pray that, uh, again, as we go, we will continue uh, to look to you. And it not just be something that we do on a Sunday morning, but something that we do all week for the rest of our lives. Lord, so thank you. pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.